Greetings and welcome back to another episode of Mostly Not Working, a podcast where we discuss creativity and important concepts from first principles. Creativity is a way to come up with many unique or reframed ideas, especially in tackling complicated issues, and then figuring out how to make it real. Gaining confidence in your creativity will unlock opportunities for you. I believe all people are creative, or have yet to develop the ability and untapped potential to express their creativity. I know what you might be thinking, well, I'm not creative. If that's you, it's okay, because this is a common thought. Maybe you haven't encountered the right kind of instruction or guidance that speaks to your personality and past experiences. Since every person is different, what you hear may or may not resonate with you. Don't give up. I encourage you to keep trying. Reach out and ask for help. There's so much out there that you can learn from. Wherever you're coming from, if you can get even one actionable item from listening, whether it's learning to be more creative, seeing things in a new way, or shedding some light on a complex topic, then I've done my job. This is an episode from a Racket Conversation. Racket is a web tool that easily records nine-minute conversations with yourself or with anyone in the world. I'll provide additional context in the show notes. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, and we're back again. Okie dokie. Part two. Part two. Yes. So like this time I want to talk about how and why and whether or not education should be scaled or not at mm. all. Yes, that's a good question. Yeah, you know, the, the world of, you know, online courses about 10 plus years ago, the MOOCs, and then now the cohort-based courses uh, after uh, the pandemic year and we're, you know, still in it. Um, I think that knowledge um, can be, uh, easily, I don't want to say easily, but yes, you can transfer, hey, watch this video, X, Y, and Z. Um, but there is something about having that personal connection. I think there are certain topics that certain people can learn on their own, but so much is about having other people there um, to, to connect with. And, you know, certainly in your own, if it's a local thing, uh, uh, education system, if you have somebody there in real life to, to help you along, that's great. Um, but if you don't have that, you know, maybe the power of the Internet can find ways, whether we're talking about um, uh, younger than 18 or, you know, lifelong learners, uh, having that connection, I think, is really important in keeping somebody engaged. Yes, I've been thinking of it in terms of the whole information, knowledge, wisdom trifecta. If you look at it, yep. like we have access to the Internet, so everyone has all the information ever, you know, created across history at their fingertips. But then when you do a course, that information becomes more applicable knowledge. But I wonder why we don't make the last leap towards wisdom. And I wonder if it's because we are so busy in scaling education that we forget to make that personal connection, that personal one-on-one -on -one experience between the teacher and the student, the apprentice and the master. And somehow I wonder if that personal association with an individual or with a small group of individuals is what's missing in making that last leap between knowledge to wisdom. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely the case. And, you know, uh, of the silver lining of, of the pandemic, you know, sort of forcing these things to, to really accelerate and improve. Um, I think there are better ways to connect um, students, how, how whatever age they're at, to uh, the teachers. But it is a hard thing to scale because, when you have that personal connection, right, still at the end of the day, 
an individual can only do so much, right? And, you know, we're sort of being meta here, right? The structures, you need some sort of structure to help provide uh, the personal connection at scale. Um, but it is a hard thing to do. And, you know, when you're talking about younger than 18, you have sort of legal issues. You want to make sure everything sort of checks off well and that sort of thing. But I definitely think that there's potential and there's a whole host of um, startups and companies that are trying to leverage both the technology, but also the personal connection, whether it's um, connecting people who are geographically um, uh, close or somehow, you know, across the Internet. Yes. How do you think we can get more skin in the game for children as they're learning? So the focus is more on doing rather than learning. And the focus is driven not by scores, but by consequences of their actions in the game. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, my background is in engineering, mechanical engineering. Mm -hmm. And so tangible things I I can relate to a lot. But that is sort of harder to do at a distance. But I think, you know, to the extent that I mean, that's that's why video games work so well, because there is a clear uh, outcome. Um, And Mm -hmm. so, you know, I think it's hard depending on, you know, if you're an educator, depending on the type of place you're in, sometimes you can't change the this infrastructure around you. So whatever control you have, if you can uh, do examples and sort of show that things work, that, that gets the uh, attention of people. Now, of course, at some point you have to think for yourself, okay, is this place where I want to be? And each person kind of has to make that decision for themselves. But I think uh, games and sort of that explorative nature, and if you, to the extent that you can shift the focus away from the grades to the exploration and the learning. And one thing that comes to mind, again, in, in my engineering studies is we learned that, hey, all of these scientists and engineers, they were experimenting, right? They had no idea that their thing was going to become a law in this mathematical equation, right? They had to be there in the lab. And part of my uh, training was, you know, we sometimes would replicate some of those experiments and sort of appreciate how, you know, how unknown and uncertain it was. But then you sort of see the formula in a textbook. So that's something that, you know, I remember to this day about appreciating how we get to the knowledge that we use. Oh, yes. In a way, like experimentation is play, right? It's play at its best. Exactly. Because that's what it's all about. I remember growing up, I had these two games, like Doom 3D was like this super happening, you know, first player shooter game, first person Mm -hmm. shooter game. And there was another one called Duke Nukem 3D. So Duke Nukem 3D was a hackable one, right? I could, I could jump in, mm, I, could, mm. I, I could change the code, I could change the background, I could do stuff. And I could actually mess around and change things in the game. Whereas mm-hmm. with, with, with the other one, it was just, you know, you just buy the game and you play it as the, you know, as the publisher intended for it to be. And I think that's what got me so excited about the fact that I could change the game, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I wonder how we can instill that spirit in children and remind them that they don't just have to play the game, but they can also mm. learn how to make the game. Mm-hmm. I see. Yeah, what comes to mind, I haven't played it yet, but I know that Roblox is super popular. And I know that one of the appeals for Roblox is that not only is the game, but you can make the games. And I think there's something about, and you know, Scratch, uh, which has been around for over a decade now, sort of had a similar thing where any game that uh, or app that is created on the gallery, you can open it up and see. And I think that if you can uh, help 
nudge students towards, okay, you're going to learn these things, but really it's about sort of making something useful and what can you learn from others work? Um, and you sort of appreciate how, how difficult it is. But I think when you have that sort of social component to sort of, Oh, what you're making is going to, somebody else is going to use it. Right. I think that can really inspire um, them to, to, to learn whatever concept it is. Yep. And I'm just going to like talk about your, nomenclature right now mostly not working mm. that's how do you right. think people children can be encouraged to fail i think that's one of the mm. drawbacks of the system is we're always encouraging mm -hmm. children pushing them towards succeeding and winning mm. i think they should be exploring the other end as well yeah no i think so you know one thing that i think of that i've encountered recently is that when we give feedback you know we want you know what's the purpose of feedback um something is off, so to speak, and you want to sort of put it back on track, right? If you're driving, you know, if you start veering, you want to turn the other way. In terms of sort of student work and all, okay, yes, there might be an outcome, you know, the traditional way is a test, right? Or even if you're trying to design, you know, something, oh, that app worked. But I think if in our feedback, we can sort of be specific about what attributes that they are um, sort of, and it kind of goes back to process, process in the sense of, oh, are you trying a lot of different solutions? Did you sketch out different things? I think some students just want to say, hey, I want to just find the right path, tell me what to do, and I'll do it, right? But I think if we can structure our, whether it's assessment or grading or just the things that we as educators uh, value, say, hey, we want you to explore. Show me your hundreds of sketches. Show me all the different things. And of course, when we finish, we want something that kind of works, right? But I think if we can emphasize those open-ended things that you can kind of measure, right? Um, and it's going to be hard, right? Oh, how many ideas is enough, right? Well, no, it's more of the attitude of we're just going to explore lots of different things. Well, I got a thought, which I'm going to say for next racket is the... Sure use an application of AI in education. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I will think about that for next time. Awesome. Thank you so much. I am so happy that you're out there in the world making the world a better place, making education more fun and more challenging and more exciting for all the children out there. Well, and thank you for hosting these conversations, and I look forward to continuing. Awesome. See you on the next one. All right. Take AI care. See ya. Education. Bye-bye. There you have it. That's it for this episode. I appreciate that you've taken the time to listen. Hopefully you discovered something interesting, something that will make you notice and wonder about the world around you, and something that will be actionable. The best way to solidify your learning is to pass it on to another, preferably in your own words and images. Share that insight with someone else, and while you're at it, share the episode too. Be sure to rate, like, star, subscribe, leave a review, whatever it is on your podcast app so that more people will stumble upon this, but hopefully not trip over it. Until next time, if things are mostly not working, take a step back, phone a friend, draw a picture, learn from what worked well and what didn't work well, and look ahead to the next chance to try again. And fade out.